Hello, and welcome to the Goody Two Shoes podcast. My name is Ellie. I'm the daughter half. And I'm Becky. I'm the mom half. And today is Friday. And we kind of got a late start on this, but it's okay because we're getting out here and that's awesome. And so glad we are because today's episode is definitely a really good one. I think it's just something that's super applicable to most people. Today we're talking all about the reality that is, let's be honest, the Bible can be boring sometimes and it's hard to read. And sometimes we were just like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad Christian. Why is this not interesting to me? And it's a very real problem. Um, And so we're going to be kind of just diving deep into some ways that we've been able to find help us to get into our Bible more. But before we go into that, is there anything new, interesting going on in your life right now? Since we last spoke, we were leaving Colorado and we're home now. It took us a whole week. I'm kidding. It took (laughs) us one day, thankfully. drove two hours a day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Stopped. Yeah. No, we've been back and it's been a whirlwind of a week. I was working a ton of hours catching up and getting ready for a women's conference at church. And um, some of the people in the family were low key sick. Just, you know, we held out. High key sick. <laughs> and it was just kind of a rough week. Like, we got up this morning, like as a whole family, and some of the boys were just like, "Oh, it's Friday! Oh, oh, I'm so excited that it's Friday!" Like oh, we were all feeling it. Longest like, week ever. Like, yeah, um, Andy was, you know, doing like all the kids coming back from spring break as a teacher. He said they were just nuts, and he wasn't a hundred percent, but not sick enough to be homesick. It was just, you know, it's hard. It was, it's been a hard, long week. And, you know, first world terms, of course, we're still, like, doing fine. But yeah, just, you know, like to complain. No, just kidding. Yeah, okay, that was not my point. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but also just, like, it's kind of, like, I feel like getting into winter and going out of winter is very much icky-sicky season. Yeah. And it's also, like, I feel like traveling always ends up getting people sick because it's, like, your body's just – having so many random changes that it's just like, honestly, I quit. <laughs> well, and we didn't really have the opportunity to eat as well as we're used to. Not like we – I mean, we usually eat home-cooked meals, mm-hmm. and we couldn't do that a lot. So I think that affected us too. Yeah. I ate so, so many chips on that break. It was actually so bad. <laughs> but it's but. fine because we're back. Yeah. So, more and better Bible reading, right? Yes. More and better. So – I'll be honest, like I was saying, like this is sometimes a lot of times a problem that I struggle with and not as much as I did when I was younger, but that's because I started kind of figuring these things out. And um, when I was younger, and I say younger, that's like two years ago. So like not that much. I can't really pull that card too much anymore because younger was actually still, you know, normal me, just like 13, 14. Oh, that's not so far away. Um, right. So, but I was like, I I know I'm a Christian. I know that it's good to be in your Bible, but it's boring. Like, and the honest thing was I just didn't know how to read it. And I think that's a really common misconception is that, you know, the Bible is just like any other book and you can just pick it up and start reading it. But it's a lot more like a choose your own adventure book where it has a very specific way that it needs to be read. And that specific way, it can be changed and moved depending on like that person, what their thoughts are, the, the things that they're going through in their life right then. Um, one person reading a Choose Your Adventure book might come out with a different ending and a different conclusion than someone else, um, but it's still the same book, right? So my mind 
I would start at Genesis and start reading and be like, oh my goodness, this is never ending. And I would get to Exodus and Leviticus and my eyes would just go You like, died where dark. everyone else died in yes. that desert with the Israelites. Exactly. It was like so <clears throat> confused and bored. And I was just like, honestly, it was just one thing off my list. And I was like, I'm going to read like a half a chapter a day. And I did. And I didn't like it at all. And eventually I just got so fed up with it. I was like, forget it. And I had just found some random Bible downstairs and just picked it up. And I was like, I'm going to read my Bible now. And unsurprisingly, it didn't really work out very well because I didn't really have a plan and I didn't know where I was going with it. Um, So it wasn't until far more recently that I kind of had a come around as far as Bible reading goes. Which which you talked about, actually. When did I talk about it? When we were talking a couple podcasts ago and you said that you were praying about your word for the year and time mm. was one of them. And you, you were talking about like really digging into your Bible at that point. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I've forgotten about that. That's exactly it. And, um, one of the biggest catalysts for this, and this is so funny, but it's so me is I was just <laughs> laying on the couch one day, surprise, surprise on Pinterest. Um, and I got onto like a rabbit trail of like cute aesthetic photos of like girls reading their Bibles. <laughs> these things and I was like oh my gosh I want to be her and it was like all these cute filters and they had all the highlighters and they were like wearing cute dresses in a field reading psalms and I was like okay that needs to be me um so I just like literally went on Amazon and I was like cute bibles and you that, yes. uh, yeah yes so that's literally what I searched up and then I was like okay cute study bibles because I want to like write all cute stuff in there and I was looking I was like oh my gosh these are really expensive and so surprisingly we actually had a study Bible that was like one of the exact ones that I was looking for at our house. And I was like, randomly mentioned it to you and you're like, oh, you mean like this? And you just pulled it out and I was like, uh, yeah, exactly like that. Um, and so I had a really great circumstance that was definitely a very much like God aha moment. Like, honey, just look over here. I've got a plan for this. Okay. And it was, the important thing was, is that it was a Bible that I really felt connected to. And this can sound very materialistic, <clears throat> But the comparison that I kind of put it to is like, I feel like everyone remembers in like elementary school, the excitement that was like school shopping and like, please, 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 can I get the sparkly binder or the sparkly notebook? Like realistically, the design of the notebook and the way that it is doesn't change anything that it does, but it kind of made doing math like a little bit more exciting because, you know, you got to like you know, use your scratch and stick sniffers with it. Sniffers? <laughs> sniffers? Stickers and like your sparkly notebook. And while it had, it was the same really type of notebook, um, the way that it applied to you made it more special. And so having this Bible that had a pretty design and it had margins for me to write notes in and it had big enough lettering that I wasn't like stumbling over my words all of the time really made me feel connected to it and honestly gave me more of a desire to be in it, you know, as opposed to just this random dusty Bible. Not to say that the word of the Bible is anyway not going to be good. It was just that I didn't feel connected to that particular Bible. Um, And so one of the first points I want to make is that honestly, if you're having a hard time getting into your Bible, get a new Bible. (laughs) Like find a Bible that you really feel like you connect with. Um, And this isn't to be an excuse for reading your Bible while finding, ugh, this isn't working for me. I guess I'll just get a new one. Like that doesn't fix any of your problems. But if you're just like reading the family Bible that you don't, don't really have a connection to, like, and you're not like getting anything out of it and it's hard for you to focus, finding something that is interesting to you, whether that be 
design wise or translation like, yeah translation wise um can be really impactful and that's actually another thing that i think you hit on really well when we were talking earlier is that like translation and even like the style of the way that it's written actually can have like a huge impact on whether or not you're interested in it and able to stay focused right like i grew up reading the niv and that was fine and i didn't really ever branch out from that but just in the last couple of years i've discovered the nlt which is new living translation which is less i mean it's about on par with the niv as far as like how it's translated but it feels more conversational to me and so i feel a lot more connected to the words themselves i feel like the word of god is actually talking to me as it would to anyone who's who's reading it but it just feels as you were saying like over and over like more personal um but one of like i was you know as we were talking earlier ellie one of the things that i remembered when i first really got into um like deep bible like where it was just like i felt like the scriptures were revealing things to me that i'd never seen before and it was a style of bible and this was back in like when you were a baby so mid 2000s and i had on hand this prototype bible that so for those of you who don't know i used to work in colorado springs hence our visit back a week ago and i worked for a nonprofit called the international bible society it has changed names to biblica but they are the ones who created the niv to begin with at the time i was a graphic designer and i helped the editorial department come up with this really radical style of a bible that had no chapters or verses and they rearranged the orders of the books of the bible and so just so if, in case you guys don't understand i didn't really understand it when i was working there but like the order of the bible that's the by far the most common isn't like part of biblical <laughs> theology like it's just a way it was decided like when the printing press was first designed and so the way that this book it was um called the books of the bible and it was a full bible from genesis to revelation and it read more like a novel so of course they delineated when we would hit a new book so like from between genesis and exodus it would say now you're ending just you know it would be like chapter headers basically yeah. instead of books of the bible it was like and then at the bottom just for reference it would say like this page covers you know first, yeah exactly first genesis 12 to 15 or something so you could like compare it to another bible and like compare notes and be like wait i really don't understand this so i'm gonna go and like cross-reference this well you still could because you would you would figure out generally where you were but what happened was you remove all those numbers and extra headers and and like in you know the like the footnotes and all those little a's and b's and and things and it like Andy and I were reading Genesis, which, you know, if you've read the Bible, you've read that a number of times and things were coming. Like we were like, wait a minute. What did that just say? That didn't, I've never seen that before. And and it's always been there. Right. But it was like, we were, you know, we had this time together that we were, we were praying beforehand. That's another thing is, is praying before you read the Bible and asking God and his Holy spirit to reveal things to you. Um, you know, that, maybe you haven't seen before or you know that's why they call it the living word is because you can read it 27 times in the 28th time you're going to see something totally new 
and, and, you know, in each time. Mm-hmm. So that, so the, the Bible that I was reading, I was like, oh, I'm going to recommend it to you guys, but it's not actually in print because it was a prototype and I didn't realize that. So I looked around and they, the, the people, the editor who kind of was the brainchild behind this left, um, IBS long after I left and he started, yeah, International Bible Society. It's an unfortunate acronym. It's probably why they changed it to Biblica. But um, <laughs> anyway, he um, created this nonprofit called the Institute for Bible Reading. And that's actually online. So you can look that up. Just like Google search Institute for Bible Reading. And they have the new version of what I had, which was the books of the Bible. And it's the Bible in in what they call six acts and it's actually six separate books but you can buy it as a set so you have the whole bible and it's um, called immerse the reading bible and they have this whole like ethos on how to read the bible with within community and i won't because that's kind of like a detailed rant i won't go into that all i want to say is right all i want to say is if you're like oh i i just want to read the bible and get into it like go to this website and check out what they've got to offer because um that book one Bible of the year last year. So it's no joke. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, that really helped me see things that I wasn't seeing with all like the, how it was just broken into little pieces before. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's obviously a lot of like impact behind that just because it makes it so much more like honestly relatable because I don't know the way that Bibles are set up, they they have their verse and their footnotes and stuff for a reason. But at the same time, it makes you feel like you're almost studying a textbook as opposed to reading words from like your heaven dad, you know? Yeah. And it makes it feel hard to connect sometimes. Um, but don't get me wrong. There's obviously a, a place and a time for those things. And if you're like, oh, no, no, that's like something that's really important to me. That's great. Like, all I'm saying is that it can be important to look around and try um, different styles and also just different translations because it's crazy to me how certain verses can be so vastly different just between um, translations, meaning-wise, but also just how the how it's like brought across, like the difference between like New King James version and like NLT is like night and day, <laughs> like actually night and day it's literally like talking to like a medieval person and then like talking to a modern day person and i'll be honest i don't know any medieval people and it's kind of hard to relate to them so that's something that's really easy to change um, and can just help you understand what you're reading better um another thing that is really honestly makes just makes sense is finding a plan and like a style of reading the bible that works for you and really there's endless ways that you could take this. Um, but just the biggest thing is it doesn't really work to just read the Bible back like front to cover. Don't get me wrong. You can absolutely do it. I know people who have read the Bible like front to cover multiple times, but there's also a lot of impact from just like studying a particular part of the Bible, um, and kind of digging deep into something because like, for example, certain stories that like are, easy like everybody like knows this bible story or whatever like i've found bible stories that are like so obvious i've known since like my sunday school days and then i read it and i'm like oh my gosh i didn't know that like i didn't know that was a part of this or these characters did that um and it's just because it's like talked about so much but rarely like gone into okay for example the story that everybody knows about the woman washing 
Jesus's feet and them being like, why are you wasting the oil? Blah, 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 blah. I never knew that that was related, came after like Lazarus's sisters. And it was one of, I don't remember which sister her name is. It was Mary. Mary, I think it was. Yeah. And it was the sisters of Lazarus who were there. And it was her other sister who was like, girl, what are you doing? Like those stories were completely disconnected in my mm-hmm. brain. Um, no idea. I thought it was just some random lady that walked into his house and just started washing his feet with oil and hair. Um, and I was like, okay, go off, I guess. But that doesn't make any sense. Um, and so there's definitely a lot of importance for that. Honestly, it's as easy as like going onto the Bible app and just scrolling through plans. Like there are so many available options out there and you can seriously start as big or as, as small as you want to. Anything from like a year long plan, like I'm doing with my family right now, or like a four day plan, you know, or just like study of like a couple verses and just really getting into it. Um, there's absolutely power in just like going through the Psalms and just like reading one a day and really trying to unpack what each of them means. There's no like right or wrong answer for it. It's just making sure that you're looking at it with like the right mindset and not as it being a chore, but instead something that is a joy and that you're like looking forward to. Sorry, (laughs) I got something in my throat. (laughs) Well, yeah. And, you know, just building off that a little bit, having, having some context of the overall story of the Bible, it feels like there's 66 books and they're just held together by the binding of the physical cover of the book, but that's actually not true. Every single one of them is in there for a reason because they tell the overall, like the overarching narrative of God's story from beginning to end. And um, that was something that I didn't really fully understand um, until I took a class on, well, the narrative of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it was just really fascinating how even in like Genesis 2, God already had a plan to redeem the world. Like it, it manifested itself in multiple different ways, but ultimately it was it was right in the words it says it's pointing to Jesus coming. And like I never would have known to look for that, but then you kind of keep that in the back of your mind as you're reading and like, okay, how does this this, you know, how does Ruth, the book of Ruth, point back to that? How, you know, well, Ruth was one of Jesus' ancestors, by the way. Like um, so, you know, there's that, but, um, <laughs> like, you know, there's just so many things and like the context of it, like Ellie was saying, where thing, you know, this person washed Jesus's feet and I didn't realize he, she was actually a part of his life mm-hmm. for a lot of his life and, you know, like in and out of those stories, because sometimes like the, the accounts of Jesus's life, the four gospels, sometimes they say names and sometimes they don't. And mm-hmm. so it can get really easy to get confused yeah. by that. I think something else is just so easy for Christians to just be like, oh, I know the Bible story, so I don't really need to read my Bible. But like that problem right there is exactly the thing. It's like Christians have this disjointed like idea of what the Bible is based on Sunday school stories and random sermons all patched together in their mm-hmm. head. And mm-hmm. then they read the Bible and they're like, wait, this was in Genesis? Wait, this was in Proverbs? I didn't know that that was here. I didn't know that Jesus said that. Like, it's just all these ideas floating around in your head until you actually ground them. And a lot of them make a lot more sense in context. And there can be a lot of things that we can just kind of lose to our memory and lose to disconnect and then not actually understand their actual meaning. Kind of on what you were saying, um, I'm actually reading a book for school right now that... um, it's talking all about discouragement and loss and pain 
and how that kind of reflects like God's nature, um, which is a hefty topic to say the least. Um, but something that it was touching on is the book of uh, Psalms. And the author was being like, he was talking and he was being really raw and he was saying something to the effect of basically like, he kind of hated re- reading the Psalms because it was so back and forth and up and down between God, you're amazing. And I'm so grateful for everything you've given me. And God, what are you doing with my life? I want to die right now. And he was like, what is this book? Like, there's no way I'm reading this. This is so contradictory. Um, But eventually he came around to realizing that the stories, those, the the Psalms, they're, wait, the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that was a weird word for a second. (laughs) Um, Are so much more impactful in their proper context. And the thing that he didn't understand and wasn't clicking is that the Psalms weren't used as people's speeches to other people. They were people's talking to God. And so they were like the actual raw emotions of humans, ups of joy and downs of sorrow and everything that they were bringing to God. And it was more like lamenting poetry prayer meant for God's ears that we were kind of getting a glimpse into. Mm. And so when people are reading the Psalms and they're like, verse whatever it is, like, oh God, why have you forsaken me? And then they like walk away and they're like, okay, this is a great verse for today. Like, it's not the sort of thing that you take away in the same way that like when you're reading Job and his um, friends are saying all of these awful untrue things. Like those verses are true in context, but the particular words aren't true. Like when Job's friends are like, saying all these awful things. And so in context, you have to realize that those Psalms are actually more like a reference saying, hey, bring your everything to God, bring your emotions to God um, and be truly raw with that. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't understand how to study the Bible. And so I know that was a bit of a tangent, but I just thought that was very fascinating. Um, And it just goes to show how easy it is for us to completely misinterpret something and honestly have the misinterpretation make perfect sense um, if we Mm -hmm. don't understand who was writing it, why they were writing it, and what their reasoning was. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it it can feel overwhelming, but I guarantee once you start to understand what each of the books of the Bible and sections are meant for and what they were written for originally, it makes so much more sense. It's kind of just like understanding who the original audience was. which is hard, I'll be honest, when you're reading something to be like, oh, okay, who is this written by? But there's so many resources out there that can help you with that and just make it so much easier. Um, there's also Bibles that have it laid out, like each of the books. They'll be like, this is a book of lament. This is a book of um, prophecy. prophecy. This is a book of poetry, whatever. And even just that alone helps you to understand things so much more. Um, so if that's something that you want to go for, absolutely. If you just want to look it up on your own, also great. But either way, it just makes so much more of an impact, I think. Yeah. And as you're reading, I'm I'm taking a class right now uh, about like deep dive Bible study, which I've never really done before. And I'm learning about all these new tools and resources and a couple online resources that I never knew about um, is Step bible.org so step like you're going to take a step up or down stepbible.org and then blueletterbible.org and they're basically interactive concordances which if you're not sure what a concordance is that's like a really amazing bible dictionary thesaurus ref cross reference like encyclopedia words. yeah um but it's it's amazing 
if like you get hung up on a word, like this morning I was reading in first um, Corinthians and, and Paul was saying those of weak conscience. And I was really like, what does he mean by that? I, I couldn't glean it from the context. It, it sounded like he was insulting Christians of weak conscience, but I knew he wasn't. So that's one of those things I'm going to go back and I'm like, okay, what does that mean? What are other translations saying? What is, you know, and so that's a way that you can get interested in the Bible that you're reading is taking like a phrase or a word or even like a whole book and saying, what is, I mean, I really want to dig deeper into this and, and find like the nuance and it's kind of amazing how deep you can get into like just a single sentence if you really wanted to. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, Channel but your like inner researcher book, book analysis yeah. where <laughs> the teachers are like, what did the author mean by and? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, but but for real. Um, yeah, so I love that. Another thing that's really helpful on just the more like literal side of life is just honestly finding a time of day that seriously works for you. Um, and this sounds so simple, but like pressing the idea that like it doesn't have to be like perfect everyday consistency. What's more important is just finding a time of day um, that you can actually retain and focus what you're reading. So for example, like for me, I wake up in the mornings and I'm quite groggy. And for a while, I would just go straight into my Bible and not remember a bit of it because I was like, my eyes were bleary and I was barely getting the words in. Must and read Bible. <laughs> must be Christian. <laughs> literally. And so I would read these things. And honestly, it was kind of torture because I'd read it over like five or six times just one sentence. And I was like, what am I reading? I don't understand English. Um, and so I kind of had to change it around. And now I let myself wake up a little bit before I still do it in the mornings, but I'll maybe do my journal first or check if I have any messages. Um, and then I'm more awake. And when I read my Bible, I'm like, oh, right, English. I understand this. Um, but maybe morning isn't the time for you, you know. Maybe you have to get really, like, get to work at 4.30 or something and you're out and about really fast. Or you have really slow mornings. The important thing is that it doesn't have to be a perfect time. It just needs to be when you know that you're going to be able to understand Um and actually retain what yeah. you're listening, uh, what you're reading, um, and that's kind of another thing is that you want to be able to give yourself time. And if you're like, of course, no duh. But what I mean by this is, I think the best analogy I heard is like your relationship with like Jesus is obviously it's like a friendship, right? And people are always like, oh, like you want to like make sure that you grow your relationship with Jesus, like you do a friend. And it's like okay, nice, but like it, when you think about it, if you're like setting up a coffee date with a friend and you go there and you're like, okay, tell me everything in 20 minutes because I have to go. Like, okay, you're not really going to get that deep, right? You're not going to be able to like go through the actual things and 20 minutes might be up and maybe she had something she's actually really struggling with, but she knew she couldn't get it all spoken out in 20 minutes, right? Um, and so putting a time cap on a relationship makes it so that it's hard to get into those deep topics and find actual impactful meaningful difference. Um, and so something that is hard, but really important is finding a time when you can give your time. And so I've actually started getting up earlier in the mornings um, so that I can take my Bible reading slower. And if it goes quick, it goes quick. And if I feel like God's really like calling me to pray over something or read something again, or, you know, just journal a little, little bit about it, I'm not having to be like, well, sorry, God, breakfast in 10, got to go. 
like I have time to actually spend time with him. Um, and so just finding whatever time of day that is, maybe it's the evening, maybe it's like your two hours in between and you just get to spend that time with God a hundred percent, um, regardless, just making sure you're not kind of <laughs> setting a curfew for God. Does that make sense? And if you're like me and you sit down and you have all this intent to like read and pray and spend time with God and you're like this list pops in your head and you can't like swat it away. Um, someone very wise told me, well, keep a notebook next to you and write down the things that keep coming into your mind. And then you don't, you know that you won't forget them. They can go away. And like every time something comes into your head, just write it down quick. Who cares? And then move back to that space. And and then you don't have to feel like, oh, I don't want to forget the thing. But then you also don't, and it's gone. You can, you can go back yeah. to it. Because I think something that not a lot of people talk about is the fact that like, the devil's going to want to distract you. Like if he sees that you're going really strong and you're really committing to something, the best thing he can do is remind you of, oh my gosh, I forgot to turn off the oven. I forgot to put snack in my kid's backpack. Oh my gosh, I just remembered that I need to resort my clothes. Like, oh my gosh, like that's not top priority right now or it's something that you can get back to or whatever. But Satan's really going to make that seem like it's way more important than whatever moment you're having with God. And it's honestly, it's the easiest thing. And it's the thing that we never attribute um, to the devil. And in those moments, yeah, write it down. And then what I do is I'm just like, hey, Jesus, help me get the distractions away because I really need to focus on you. And it's absolutely, it absolutely helps because it's literally an attack from the devil in that moment. Yeah. And that also just touches on what I had said earlier with, with praying before you read, not, I guess not only for understanding, but for protection, because like Satan knows this is the word of God and we're going to get something out of it. It's Mm going to build our faith. It's going to help us be stronger out in the world. It's going, I mean, though the word of God doesn't come back empty. So it gets in your mind and, and the Holy Spirit's able to pull stuff that you've read into your memory in just the right time when maybe you're talking to someone who's hurting or like you, you're talking to your neighbor and you think of something. Hurting. Yeah, exactly. In, in those times of doubt, you're going to remember things that you've read in the Bible and it's because the Holy Spirit is using it, you know, for your good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think one of a great way to actually keep things in your head and to help you remember what you've read and, and honestly just like bring it down to earth and make it some real applicable stuff um, is to just like write down like things that you notice. Um, and I handwrite things, but if that just drains your life thinking about it, you can like just honestly, I have friends who just have a notes on their phone and they just like write down things that they think of. And that's anything from interesting things. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that that about this character or this part of the Bible or like parts that you want to apply. Like this verse tells me that I don't have to be afraid. This applies to this part of my life or even honest questions. Like why is this this way, God? Like how does this work? Why is this not making sense to me? Um, And just kind of like being real with your questions, but also just like doing it in your own words. Like don't worry about it having to be all perfect in things. Um, because it's just, it's your own understandings of what the Bible is. And that's not to say that you're like interpreting a verse and being like, this is what it means, but there's going to be things that God's going to light to you and show to you that 
honestly, you can forget pretty easily anything that you learn, even if it's really great, um, if you don't have a place where it's, like, written down. And I know I mentioned, like, in our journal episode that there are, like, whole sections of things that were really great lessons that I completely forgot about until I went back and reread things that I'd written about, written about. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, how did I forget that? I'm so glad I wrote it down though, because it's not fully gone. Um, and so that way it's great. And also just the fact that writing things down just helps you remember them so much more. Like I know that's every English teacher ever, like that's their favorite saying, but it's honestly so true. And it just, it basically just like cements it in your brain a second time. Um, and so writing things down, great. Another great thing is talking to people about it. And this isn't easy for everyone if you don't have people around you who you feel like you can talk about it, but that might be a bigger um, issue that you want to tackle is just finding people that you feel safe and comfortable to like really open up about your questions and your concerns and your epiphanies about the Bible. Um, Because not having a person like that, it can be very draining because you feel like you're, you're having to be the one who's like keeping yourself up the entire time as opposed to being able to like let out some of your questions and your concerns um, to other people. Even uh-huh. if they maybe don't have answers, they can at least be like, oh, yeah, I've thought about that too. Um, yeah, actually, when I was your age, I kept a, a Bible journal next to my bed because I would read the Bible at night. So that was my time. It was mm-hmm. at it was at night, not in the morning. And um, and I, I had a ton of questions. And, you know, I had our – it was a small church, so our pastor was also running the youth group. And so – um, I knew that I would get to see him once a week in our small little youth group. And I would like bring this, be like, okay, I was reading in Romans. What did it mean when it said this? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have remembered the specific thing if I hadn't written it down. Yeah. And I was so thankful that I could come to him with, you know, those questions to help me learn and, and you know, kind of wrestle with some stuff. Like some of the things that I was reading, they just, you know, they were out of context. I was like, that doesn't sound right. He's like, well, this was, you know, first century Jerusalem, and this is the culture, and this is why they wrote that. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sure, of course it's not 1997 in America. Yeah. And yeah, okay, that helped. And, you know, um, th- just things like that. And even now, like, I, you know, I work next to our pastor. Like, he's one door away, and I'll, he'll come in in the morning, and I'll be like, okay, level with me. This, this, and this happened in Acts. How does that line up with what our church believes? Blah blah blah. And mm-hmm. and I've done that a couple of times. And I'm like, I know you've got to sermon right. So whenever you have time, and like <laughs> he would di- like he disappeared, and then he came back. He's like, okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. And and he's like so like smart about the Bible that he was like, okay, a lot of scholars believe this, and a lot of scholars believe this other thing, and this is kind of where I land. And blah blah blah. And it's just been really helpful where I'm I can have these good conversations with someone and like you know your daddy and I also have these conversations too so it's not just that you have to go to only a pastor yeah. it could be other people too yeah because that's exactly true like that's what you guys are for me like more daddy I feel like because not to say that you don't have wisdom I ask you for questions on a lot of things but he definitely like I think thinks about the theology and the historical Sorry, here's my phone. Um, meanings behind a lot of things more just because that's kind of how his brain works. And so there'll be a lot of times where I'll just like sit down and I'm like, okay, here's what I'm reading. Here's what I don't understand. I like to dud on the trip and he kind of just broke it down for me. Um, and it's really great to just be able to talk about um, those things with people, but also to be able to just talk about them with like friends of yours, like 
talk about things that you learn, talk about parts that you're mutually confused about, things that you are concerned about, things that you both thought were encouraging. Um, Because being like in discussion about the Bible together is like one of the most exciting and fun things to do with a friend. Like I think there's such a stereotype of like Christianity being boring, but like honestly, when I get to talk about things that I've learned in the Bible with my friends and they're telling me things, it's so exciting because it feels like you just unlocked the next chapter of a mystery novel. Like, oh my gosh, I never realized this. Did you know this? No, I didn't. And it's the most fun and exciting thing. And you both are just like breathing this life and learning into each other's lives. Um, Even if you guys aren't great scholars, you know, it's just your own understandings of it. Um, So yeah, that's just something that's really lovely that I love. And yeah, I talked to my dad about it. I talked to um, one of the leaders at our youth group who, um, I really love her and she's just very impactful for me. And I always feel like I can ask her honest questions and she'll be honest back with me. And so just having those people that you feel like you can talk things out with is amazing. Yep. Yep. Well, do you have anything else to add? (coughs) Not me really stretching on my lungs. Um, No, I don't think I do. I think that's mainly it. I hope those tips are like actually helpful because there's obviously lots of different things that you can do and approaches that you can take. But mm-hmm. the Bible is a living word and it's going to apply to every person a little bit differently. Um, the same truths are going to show up differently in each, each person's life. Um, and so finding a way that you can really understand that is one of the best things that you could do for yourself. Um, and honest to goodness, reading your Bible can be so much fun. And it can be such an enjoyment and an excitement. So I'm encouraging you now. I'm challenging you now. Find a place that you want to read your Bible. Find a Bible that, actually, yeah, let's go through the points again. Find a Bible that you think you really connect with, um, whether that be based on its uh, format or its translation or the way it's designed. Yeah, exactly. Um, Second, decide on a plan and a style that works for you. Whether that be reading through the entire thing, reading through the book of John, whatever you want to do, find something that works for you. And don't be afraid to switch it around if that's not what's working um, for you in that season with your time frame, whatever. Three, find a time of day that you are able to actually focus and retain what you are reading. Um, That you're not going to be distracted by other people or by your hunger or by your exhaustion or by, you know, whatever. Just find a time that you're actually able to retain and understand what you're reading. And in order to help you entertain and en- entertain, <laughs> retain, uh, we suggest taking notes or highlighting or writing stuff down. Have a separate journal if you're like me and can't even fathom writing in your Bible. Um, that I would never do, but <laughs> lots and lots of people do it. Even your grandma, you should I see do. her Bible sometime. It's like I know, tattered. It's so sweet. Um, and just find a place to write down your questions, your notes, your thoughts, your prayers. And, and keep it with you so that it helps you retain all those things too. And lastly, take those notes and those questions and talk about them with something. That, mm, something just starts talking to a couch. Someone. Find someone to talk to them about, whether it be a friend or a mentor or just somebody that you trust. Get every one of your thoughts out to someone else so that you can kind of bounce off of each other and help each other understand. And to review... This just sounds really weird, but I did mention three websites when we were talking. The first is Institute for Bible Reading for that Immerse Bible, which I think is totally rad. Um, and then the stepbible.org for more inductive study and uh, blueletterbible.org 
uh, for the same reason. They both offer a little bit different things, including commentaries. So that's always fun. Super duper cool. Well, that's all we have for you today, guys. I hope this was super impactful. I hope that you guys are actually going to take advantage of this. I want to ha- hear about people like getting into their Bible and finding new love for it because the truth is it can be fun. It can be amazing. And there is a wonderful way to you for you to get into your Bible. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you like this episode, you can send it to a friend, write us a review, just whatever you want to do. It really helps our podcast um, to grow and for other people like you to find it. Um, if you want to find us on social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram and you can follow us there and get updates. Um, But as far as for today, that's all. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.